Hi, my name is Diewald Kirsten and I'm a photographer based in South Africa. I've always had a huge passion to connect with people from all walks of life. And the national lockdown has forced me to do that. I've had to come up with new and interesting ways of connecting with friends and connections and people that I've always wanted to connect to. Hence, this podcast. I'm doing daily live shows on my Facebook page where I talk to new and interesting people. And these I will be converting to podcasts that you can listen to on your own time. So please stick around and uh, love to hear your feedback. Hi, welcome to Lockdown Live. Um, for those who's tuning in now, sorry about that. We had a little quick technical difficulty, um, but we are back. All right, so I've, I'm starting this one from scratch. So today we're chatting to Wendy Nell, South African Olympic athlete. And... Um, Wenda has competed in one Olympics and probably would have been to this year's Olympics if all of this virus crap didn't happen. Uh, she's here from my hometown. And um, yeah, let's chat about that. So how she got there, all the kind of stuff, how it be to be at the Olympics and um, so forth. Right, let's get on. All right. Sorry. Sorry about that. So we got from scratch. Luckily, it was at right at the beginning and not through like I've had before as well. So, that. So, are things going on your side with the lockdown? Quite interesting, but I must say um, it's not bad. I I've had a lot of things that that I could keep myself busy with and. Um, Training-wise, I'm you know, just doing a lot of things here in my yard as much as possible, as much as I can. Very relieved that from tomorrow onwards, we can actually go a little bit outside your house. Um, so I'm looking forward to actually go for a short run. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's going great. Yeah, no, it's, um, I think, like, there's pictures on Facebook going around with, like, streams of people in the streets, of probably like the start of the comrades or something saying that that's tomorrow morning, six o'clock outside in most roads. <laughs> yes, that is, that is quite funny. It's interesting how these people can, yeah, the cre creativity that they um, come up with, all these pictures that they send around so quickly. But I think yeah, I actually saw one of those um, and I thought, hmm, I think I might be one of them. <laughs> But also, a lot of people in the start running and walking that never used to run and walk now. So it's also a good thing. Yes, I think, um, yeah, just to, I think for, for five weeks now, everyone was trying to stay indoors um, as much as possible. So I think they just see this as op um, an opportunity to, to go outside and smell the fresh air again, other than just being at your house. Yeah. I want to I wanna take the kids out walking a little bit They've also been, haven't been outside for, for six weeks, um, basically. So just to get them outside and hopefully see other people than just us uh, could also be good for them. Yes, definitely. Um, I, I can hear some of our neighbors around here with, with kids. They, um, they are starting to feel the, the lockdown. Yeah, it's, it's getting to... Um, to work on their nerves. I think they, they wish the schools can reopen and things can just go back to normal. I think yeah, looking after, after kids can be a full-time job. Right. So, when are you here from Worcester originally? Yes. So I think um, the, one of the questions I've got is that I think often when I speak to people and it's people that has accomplished a couple of things in their lives, people don't know where they come from. And what the stories and how they got to where they are. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with, with us, it would be quite interesting. Could you where, what, what happened? Do you want me to start all at the beginning? or? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've been running since I can remember. Um, I was born in Worcester. I grew up in Worcester. Um, so, yeah, it, it all started there. Um, I think I'm, I will always tell people that if I have to give 
a little bit of credit to, to someone that supported me all my life, um, apart from my mom and friends and family and so forth. It will be my sister who's two years older than me. She, um, she also did athletics. And yeah, just the one day the, the school teacher um, saw that she can do hurdles and to, I'm, she's two years older than me. I yeah, should have said that. Um, but yeah, and then from there, when when he when he saw that she was quite good, he's like, well, then if your sister can run, then you should be able to do it as well. So from there, the love for hurdles start. Um, and then yeah, my whole school life, I did sport. Apart from the athletics, I did netball, tennis, um, did a little bit of swimming. Um, so yeah, and and then I've. I matriculated in Worcester, Worcester Gymnasium, and after school I moved to Pretoria to come and study here at the University of um, Pretoria at Tex. And yeah, I think athletics just continue to grow as a passion and I love, love running every day and it, although it doesn't come without its challenges, um, um, I've had my ups and downs in my career but it, it makes it part of the journey and I just embrace it every day it's it's really an uh, a gift and um, I see it as an opportunity to actually I don't know just to kind of uh, spread a little bit of joy into other people's lives okay but um, so so when you left Worcester and you went to Pretoria um, was it easier to be noticed by when you started running in more senior type levels. Uh, why I'm asking this is I know that athletics, everybody at school does athletics and there's often there's kids with lots of talent, but they never t take it anywhere after school, um, which which is also weird. Like everybody wants to be a Springbok rugby player and, and with, the, with the girls, it's often the girls just fall out of, out of the bus after school, yet they've had all this talent in school to possibly get somewhere. So do you think that when you went to university and started competing on that level, it, it, it helped you to be noticed? In a way, I, I would agree with that. Um, I would say, obviously, I, I it, it gave me some new opportunities um, on my journey or on my path when I moved from Worcester to Pretoria. But yeah, I think in general, um, there's a lot of school kids that's doing really well in school. Um, the motivation is there. The, if I must just compare um, athletics as a sport, um, the the vibe, the the support, the competition, it's it's very nice on school level because there's that um, eagerness amongst um, schools and they have inter highs and all these nice kind of competitions. So there's a lot of um, support going around that. So I think the motivation to to compete or take part in school sport um, is is big. It's it's yeah, and and I think parents also support their children, thinking that there's a future for them in a specific sport. Talent can be developed um, and so forth. But I think after school, um, people or kids will realize that it's more than just. Um, getting it kind of easy if, if i can say it like that um there's there's a bit more time going into it a bit harder work that needs to be put in um some resource extra resources that you need so i think for many many kids they they kind of lose the interest when it comes to oh i have to actually put in extra work or extra hours um, um to be quite honest um, i think there's there's quite a, a kind of a degrade in, in, in interest in, in the sport. Um, and unfortunately, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, kids that, that choose a different a path. Um, they some, some people, they have to go work, unfortunately. Um, there's maybe not, not a lot of income in the sport or they want to start families, etc., etc. But yeah, I think it is a big thing, um, losing kind of big sports stars after school. But fortunately for me, I've, I've had the opportunities. Um, yeah, I just want to throw in a little curveball here, but I've been watching a series recently and the one lady told the other one that, yeah, a good mother makes good choices. Um, and then, but she, she's coming out of quite a fortunate family. She had it 
more kind of easy in life, if I can say it like that. And then the other one said, you did not make good choices. You had good choices. So, and that stuck with me quite a bit. Um, and it made me realize that not that I'm saying I had an easy life. I had disappointments. I had setbacks. I had heartbreaks, etc. But um, in some way, I kind of just had good choices on my journey that I could have, that I could take, if that mm. makes sense. Um, yes. Where we, it also just made me realize that at the end, um, we can't actually judge each other whether we chose to go continue with our sport or not, or we are saying to one another, oh, we are giving up too easily or um, things like that. I think once, if, if you've never walked in the shoes of someone else, you can't make the choices that they've made and you can't judge the choices they've made. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm saying thank you every day for the choices that I've, that I had um, that I still make and the opportunities I still have. I've been fortunate to have the support, not just financially, but from my family, from my husband to be able to continue with my sport, um, at the age that I'm at, because I'm not a youngster anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, weren't you injured or something in the beginning of the year or yeah, well, it's still early. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, we are 2020. I was injured last year, actually. Um, my first major injury in my career. I've been injured here and there before, but yeah, last year was quite a, a mental setback with regards to the injury. Um, and that, it's part of the sport. It's something, I think, every athlete, athlete is, or sports person somewhere in their career will go through an injury, um, whether it's a major or minor injury, it doesn't matter, but you will experience some sort of not be able to compete at your best because of your body's not in the best shape or you're injured. Um, yeah, it, it was quite a, a mental, a, a tough mental journey for me last year. Um, just to kind of remind myself that, you will, you will get out of this. It's not the end. Um, just be patient. And I had to have a lot of patience. Um, but yeah, I think if I look back at the year or think back, back to last year, one thing that actually carried me through is that um, this is part of the sport. So every time I step onto a track or any sports person walking onto a field, there's that risk. There's, there will always be that risk of, of injury. Um, so that's why we try to condition ourselves as we go along to the best of our ability. But at the end of the day, there will always be that risk. Um, we are sprinters. I am a, I want to say that, that my event is a sprint, but yeah. So we do fast running. So there will always be that, that risk. Um, but I think, through through that time, I actually learned so much, not just about myself, but about the sport, about life, about people. Um, I think there's so many characteristics and personalities of of your team and family members and everyone around you that that's always been your supporting network. Um, that it's also a new challenge for them. Now, I mean, I'm injured, so I can't compete. So. How do I continue? What do I decide? I'm at an age where I want to kind of move towards the end of my career. Um, so yeah, with injuries, there's a lot of challenges that comes with that. And and would you were you part of the the planning for the 2020 Olympics? Was that in your were you chosen or um, were you going to go to the to the Olympics or or, or not? Yes, I was um, in the initial squad, but I have not qualified yet. So I was still aiming to, um, yeah, to qualify in this period before the Olympic Games. So definitely, that that was kind of my um, big goal for the year to to go to the Olympics. And um, then I was at the point where I had to make the decision whether I continue or is that now. The end of my career do I want to finish at, at um, Olympics so now yeah I think the the big change of 
moving it to next year, um, I still have to to do a lot of thinking and planning around that. Um, but my heart is still in the sport, and I really want to continue just to see if I can make um, my second Olympic team. So yeah, exciting times ahead. Um, I think yeah, it, it will bring new challenges, but I'm I'm looking forward. The good thing about this is now is because all injuries can be healed. You can get you can work on stuff that you were battling with, like in qualifying. And I know you guys do quite a bit of running overseas during the athletic season uh, coming up or during the year. So I think it's like it's like the rugby teams and every, everybody's going to be healed up and fit and ready to go. So I think it's going to be interesting on all sports levels when this thing is over. Yes, definitely. I think um, for me personally, and I, and I say that um, based on me, I think every athlete has their own journey and their own challenges around this um, corona situation that we're in, whether they want to retire or continue or what they, their decisions are. But yes, I think for me, with regards to my injury from last year, I've reco recovered quite well. Um, but I think there was that little thing inside me, will I be 100% ready by the time Olympics um, will be? So I think in my mind, I'm a little bit more at ease if I eventually make the decision to actually continue, um, that I will I have more time now to, to treat the injury or, yeah, it's not actually an injury anymore. I'm, I'm calling it, it's not rehab, but I'm in the prehab. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just to, to give attention to the smaller details um, at this point and just be patient. I think if you, if you rush into something now, um, trying to be ready for something you don't know what or when the competitions will be, um, it will, for me personally, it will just add to stress and unnecessary anxiety. And yeah, and I think you can kind of lose focus if you actually want to be ready for next year's Olympics. So I think for me, for the rest of the year, we have these big question marks with regards to competitions. We don't know when the borders will open for us to travel, um, all those smaller things. So yeah, I think for now, I'm just trying to remain focused, um, doing something every day and just still looking ahead at the, at the main goal. Um, and yeah, and just enjoy it. A question I've got regarding that, because obviously you at home, you and your husband, you've got to keep focused in training and motivated and everything. And most athletic items, well, well most of them apart from, and you might correct me, apart from um, like um, Aflos, what is Aflos in English? Uh, relay. Relay. Apart from the relay, is an individual thing, is that it's you alone. Yes, you might have other teammates in South Africa or in Tux or wherever you run as part of your team, but, it, but off the field, your buddies and everything, but when you're standing in the lane, that's your competitor. So most of it is you've got to focus and got to keep motivated by yourself. And how difficult is that to, when you're competing and everything, yes, your teammates, but they're also your competitors. Yes. Um, Athletics is definitely an individual sport, um, like you've mentioned, but in that um, you do actually have a team structure. So for me, definitely there's, there's many times that, that I need some extra motivation or just need that little extra push. And for everyone that's different. Um, personally, I have specific measures that I, that I follow to, to keep my focus, to try and motivate myself. Um, it's like you said, my coach will all, always also say, he can prepare you as much as possible with the training program, with some advice, motivation, but at the end of the day, you are the one standing alone in the blocks and then you have to execute your plan um, or you are the one that needs to go do it. Um, so yes, I think everyone has different things that they kind of tell themselves, self-talk, um, yeah, just to motivate themselves getting through the this the nervousness or the nerves um but i think yeah for me that's that self-talk is very very important so 
everyone will will be different there's different things that will work for different people some people just like to listen to music to motivate themselves other people just like to be quiet and meditate um some people like to just talk to themselves all the time all the positive things or psych themselves up um but for me it's, it's kind of a balance yes you have to or i think for me um, that self-talk, positive self-talk all the time, just remind myself um, about the good things and the exciting things and um, the goals that I've set myself um, out to achieve. Um, yeah, just to talk to myself quite often um, while I'm at training, while I'm at home, competition, all those things, um, or motivational qu quotes. That's also something that, that actually gives me that extra boost. Um, but together with that, I do believe you you need that support structure or support team that um, that also motivates you from time to time. Um, I don't think for me, um, even if it's in an individual sport, that you have to always be motivated just by yourself. Um, there's times that you feel less motivated, then there's team members or your coach or your in my case, my husband or my family members or friends um, around me that, that just remind you, doesn't even have to be a, a sports-specific motivation or a, a reminder, just general life motivation that you, yeah, that, that I hold on to and I, I take that with me and then, yeah, I feel, feel motivated again. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it's, it, that's one of the most difficult things. Even even for myself, I, I work alone in my office six days of the week. And But it's always nice to have like a support team around you just to bounce ideas off from, from even. Even if you can just sit and talk to someone else. Um, and that's also part of the reason why I started this whole thing is to just connect with other people. It's a different view of life. Um, so, yeah, I can... I can imagine it will be cool, but how, how big is the competition between all the girls in the team? Like, I know you run against a lot of these girls on a weekly basis. How, because I know girls, if you put them together in the room, they can become bitchy with each other. So how, how's that scenario in the whole setup of you competing? That that's always a quite an interesting question. I've I've got I've had that question a few times before, and. To be quite honest, um, maybe it's not—it's just not my personality to kind of be um, bitchy or, yeah, just like uh, look down on people. I, I don't know because some of my greatest friends or best friends are my competitors um, from all over the world. In my event, I'm fortunate that that we are actually a, a group of really nice girls and I communicate with them even now. Um, I have a very great friend who's also doing 400 meter hurdles from Denmark. My best friend here in South Africa, we trained together for five years and people never understood how can we be such close friends but we're also competitors on the track and trying to, to beat each other. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a, a special bond that that you create in a way um, you have the same interest. So I think in my case, it's um, it's actually it, it makes sense to to have a very close friend doing the same thing. Um, but events differ. I can I'm not sure how it is in in other sports. Um, I think it can be quite competitive, but in athletics as such. I know it's different between all the events. So in some events, you you do see see that the competitors they they are not getting along, or they they won't be friendly with one another. Um, yeah, and then other events they are just like great friends. We will sit together, have dinner, we will go for coffee. Um, yeah, so so it is interesting. I've also actually. Um, I've had a discussion with one of my training partners here in South Africa. She's doing 100-meter hurdles. And we actually talked about that recently where if you take 100-meter sprints or 100 hurdles um, compare it to 400 or 400 hurdles, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit different. There's just that, that kind of aura or something around the 100-meter sprinters that's, 
don't talk to me. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's quite, it's interesting. And I think it, it should be that way. It's, it's, we know 100 meters is actually the, the main event or a big event of, of the sport. So um, it's actually always quite cool for me to see how the, the guys and even the, the women as well, how they um, just like, I don't know, so focused. I, I really, like I've mentioned now, the, the training partner, the 100 hurdles um, reconnect, um, Steenkamp, she's the 100 meter hurdler, but she's also we were laughing the other day because she's also this um, like friendly girl and athlete. And we, we said, we, we wish we just had that focused, like mean girl face when we walk onto the track, we, we struggle a bit with that, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's fun for me just to be friendly with with everyone. And my husband will actually also, very often mention that you must stop being so friendly with the girls. You are allowed to beat them. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I just enjoy it. I think it's also a mind of math thing because if, because individual, you standing there, you've got your motivational coach in your head playing. And now all of a sudden this other chick is coming next to you. And I just take your focus so that she's got a, a head start of you. That's a, that's what I would have done if if, uh, and I think that's what makes uh, somebody like Usain so so interesting. He's got this whole facade of coming onto the track, and and I think he he wins people over. Apart from the fact that he's a brilliant athlete, I think he wins a lot of the races even before they get into the blocks. Yes, um, it's like I also mentioned earlier. I think. There's different things that works for different people or different athletes. And um, yeah, I think for me, I will never have that kind of personality, um, but I have my ways where I remain focused and I have my plan and I just stay calm. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, a lot of, many of the athletes, even like I've mentioned, even if, if you are quite friendly with one another or friends afterwards or before the track or, or the race, um, on the track, you, you are actually competitors. And I think a lot of athletes, they, they do that just great um, where they can, yeah, they can be f friendly with you or friends with you before and afterwards. But on the track, they, it's not that they, kind of think they are better than you or maybe they do, but <laughs> that works for them. Um, but in the sense of, yeah, I want to explain maybe like, um, it's, it's not that they look down upon you when, when you're on the warm up track or preparing for your race. It's just that they are in their zone. So um, once they're in their zone, they, they just, Nothing can distract them. Nothing can um, take away their focus. Um, so yeah, a lot of times, some of my best races I've I've ran when was when I kind of got into that extra focus zone. Um, so maybe I should try it more often. <laughs> but yeah, I think they they just have this kind of um, focus. Yeah, on on their their own doing what they, they want to execute in their races that that makes them great athletes. And, okay, so right, now you've prepared yourself, you're ready to go, the, the gun goes off, and you go down that track and you make a mistake, you, you're, you're out or something goes wrong. How do, you, how do you get yourself focused to when you're in it? Because it's quick. How long is your races normally? 45, 50 seconds? A little bit longer? Yeah, a little bit longer. Uh, more like 50, 54, 55, yeah, 56 seconds. You've literally got a minute, less than a minute, to fix, half a minute to fix whatever problem you have. And I think that, that, that will be an insane thing to, to get over with in your head. I think a lot of people, they will make a step or something and then it will just, they will lose the race at the first already just because they couldn't focus themselves again. Yes, definitely. I think um, especially hurdles for me, and I can now talk about hurdles uh, per se, but um, 
it's a very technical event. Uh, I think, yeah, there's, there's so, so many things that can go wrong. Um, but at the same time, everything can go right as well. And that's, that's some of the best races. I mean, I've had many races where I've messed up and where things just does not work out the way you've planned. Um, and I think that's, that's a thing for me with 400 hurdles as well. It's, it's very much a, a feeling thing as, as well. You, yes, you, you need to prepare your fitness and technique, etc. but it's also a feeling you need to have for the, um, for the hurdles. So I think if you, in my case, I can alternate. So, so that's, um, that's kind of a positive. I can go with both legs, although one leg is more often better than the other one. Um, but I've had races where I've had to race with my not so nice leg or my less, um, great one and it went well um and then there's other times where i just can't execute it and then you've i will so often say that yes in your mind or obviously in your training for for 400 hurdles you you need to have a plan more or less um stride pattern wise which leg goes where but in a race it's different the adrenaline is there there's competitors around you um we don't really train that that often. Um, so a race is the best training that you can get. And you need to, to use that opportunities just to try something new or yeah, see if you can execute something different. I've, I've been able to, to accomplish things in races that I've not, I've haven't even been close to it with, with training. So, um, and those are the races that I hold on to that eventually, okay, um, it may, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it sets me a little bit at ease with my preparation when I go into major championships or um, yeah, big races where I just remind myself, but you've done this so many times and you've executed in, in a different way within a race setup where you were under pressure, where you um, had big competitors around you so yeah that's also kind of a way how I motivate my or keep myself motivated just to remind myself um, on certain races that I've executed certain things that I haven't done in training so it is possible that you can get something right in a race that you've never trained before but it is a quite technical technical race and if you mess up quite early in the race um, there might be time to to make it up, but um, many times, many times, um, I've messed up my last hurdle. Um, so yeah, then then it's actually a little bit too late. You when you lose momentum at the last hurdle, there's just not enough time to to make up for that. It's it's like it's like learner driving because you learn to drive once you've got your. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I think, yeah, once you, you're on that competitive level, that's actually where you, you make the most mistakes and, and learn the best. So, yeah. So what's the, what's the plans after you, after you retire? Have you, have you looked at stuff? Have you um, had some ideas? Coach, what, what, what's the, what's the, the general idea long before that, but yeah. That is a, a a question or yeah a type of answer that so many people are waiting for. <laughs> um, so I, I am actually now with the the Corona thing. I'm keeping a lot of people like in suspense. If I if that makes sense, yeah. Um, so for now, uh, I think I it, it was in my plan to. Oh, I was thinking about retiring quite soon, um, but I don't know. I think in my in my heart, I really want to try and qualify for a, another Olympic Games, um, and I was really looking forward to to Japan. So, so many people will say, "What's what's one year extra?" Um, it's yeah. not a lot. It's not a lot, but in the same 
sentence I want to say it is a lot <laughs> um, if if you really look at what what is going into um, yeah uh, the planning the the focus the um, financial side of preparing for an Olympic Games um, one year can can be quite a lot but I'm I'm still very excited so I think for now um, I want to continue and finish my career at the Olympic Games. Um, after that, um, yeah, this I, I have quite a, a, a lot of ideas. Um, I was planning on thinking about them at the end of the year, just to starting to implement them um, next year. So for now, I guess I have more time to think about these ideas. <laughs> um, so yeah, I. I've, I'm a registered dietitian, so I really have a big passion for food as well. Um, yeah, just like sports nutrition has always been a, a, a big like um, road that I want to to pursue. But yeah, at the same time, I like to work with um, athletes. Uh, I don't think at this stage that I will be a full time professional coach but I do want to give a little bit um, do a little bit of coaching as well so yeah I think there's there's so many things in my mind that I want to pursue um, the food part with my uh, dietetics or with the nutrition the sports sport part where I want to like give back to the sport through coaching or clinics or yeah just just to help um, younger athletes develop their, their um, talent or their gifts and yeah, just give them some opportunities. Um, yeah, I like to, to do kind of um, do, how can I say, it? Uh, not work with food, but do a little bit of nutrition um, workshops, like practical workshops for athletes, working with school kids, um, just kind of getting the sport and the nutrition thing together so that's an option um what is what is yeah. your diet like my diet uh, <laughs> um i actually recently um we had a, a questionnaire um for Amal is a, a guy that that also supports our athletes and share photos and share some info of all the athletes um and he he asked a, a few questions recently and one of them was what's your favorite food and i was actually um delaying sending him back all my answers just because of that one question i'm like i don't know what to put there <laughs> um can i just like write a list of 50 items but instagram is also just this so much space and then at the end i just like this there's too many options to choose i'm sorry <laughs> So I hope that that kind of gave the idea that I'm quite a foodie. Um, I like different stuff. Today I feel like having this. Tomorrow I like that. Um, so this, I don't really have just one favorite food. Um, but in general, I'm I'm quite a. I tend towards the more. Don't really want to say healthy, but um, a variety. I like a variety. Um, yeah, I like fruit, veg, meat, um, carbs, um, some of my favorite dishes I will mention. Um, I'm quite a pasta fan, so any kind of pasta dish, a chicken pasta, a bolognese pasta, my mom's lasagna, one of my favorites, um, pizza, different yeah. toppings on it. Today, I feel like chicken pizza. Tomorrow, I want a steak pizza. Then I want a vegetarian pizza. So yeah, that's just a big treat for me. Sushi. I'm a big sushi fan. Um, yeah, then actually, yeah, eggs. I love eggs. Breakfast is one of my favorite meals. Um, so anything with eggs, scrambled eggs, poached eggs, omelets. Um, yeah, there's oh, so many things. I like uh, quite a um, so, yeah. Often I will um, eat uh, like a what do they call it these days? These nutritious kind of pokey 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 bowls or yeah, just a kind of a Mediterranean bowl with some different things on it: avo, cheese, 
ja, beans, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so okay. there's actually a lot, a lot of food I like to eat. <laughs> you know what the good thing is, and I've, I've listened to a lot, these things are interesting to me, especially um, the nutrition kind of stuff. Um, I think a lot of people are always on some quest to lose weight or whatever the story is, but I think what, what's, what's cool in your scenario is that you are a high-performance athlete, so you can, you can test what works for you. So you can you can see what gives you more energy, you can see what what you can eat, and then you feel pumped the next day. Or and and I think that will be to a huge advantage to you. So yeah, there's there's so many of these varied diets out there, vegans and carnivores and all sorts of stuff. But you you are actually the ideal person that can go in and do a proper test with these kind of things. Yes, um, I think I've. I've done a few, I don't want to call it trials, but yeah, personal experiments. Um, at the end of the day, also a lot of the, most of the times the advice I will give people is, especially in the sports, sports industry, um, like you have to experiment with food. You have to, um, yeah, try different things, try combinations, see what works for you. It's just like you've mentioned now, I can use myself and, um, choose different diets and, and see which ones work, which one works the best for me. But in the same breath, I can, I can use that to, to give advice to people saying this, this is what works for me, but you still need to go out and experiment for yourself. So I can kind of guide, but at the end of the day, everyone needs to find what works for them. And, yeah, for me, the best advice that I can give, especially school athletes um, or younger athletes, is you have to experiment in training. You can't come to competition day and try something new. Or, um, yeah, I think I've, I'm not a, a long distance runner, but so often I will talk to comrades athletes where they, or marathon athletes where they, They've trained for months on a specific nutritious diet or supplements or things that they will take on the route. And then on the day, they, they try something different and then they just crash. Um, I'm not saying it, it can't work, but it's definitely a risk if you were used to train on, on a specific type of nutrition for so long and then suddenly you change it on race day. Um, it can have detrimental effects. So... Yeah, my best advice will always be just to experiment. It is like a training program. You you experiment with certain exercises or certain way of training um, months before the big competition so that you can be ready. Um, it's the same with food. I think, yeah, if you want to go vegan, go vegan. See if it works for you. See if you feel better if you don't eat any meat or... <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but for me, that will not work. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Um, I'm not going to... I agree, I don't have to eat meat every day. Um, but, yeah, there's some days that I don't eat meat. I, I do a vegetarian or a vegan diet, but I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian. I do like my meat off, um, every once in a while, or I do eat eggs and, and animal products. Um so yeah, that's like I've mentioned at the beginning, variety works for me. So I'm not going to deprive myself of something that I like or um, for now has not been a, a health risk or um, yeah, bad effects on me or anything like that. So I like a variety. Which, which one of, the, of these um, extreme diets have you, have you looked at and thought, well, I, I, I could do that? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> um, actually none. <laughs> um, I, will, I will take bits and pieces of all the, all the diets. These, these um, yeah, these, the, all of these diets, it's not that it's, nonsense or it won't work or there's no benefit in it um obviously they, there's benefit because people get results or yeah they but so 
coming from a from the um, scientific side of of things with my studies and so forth, um, just saying that the science we have evidence based science for a specific study or study or outcome. Um, it's not always the only thing you can look at when you look at a study or the results that it's produced. Um, there's so many other factors around it. So you can't just, people can so easily just give you the information that they want you to believe, um, saying it's coming from scientific studies. So yeah, it's, I will I'll take that with a, with a pinch of salt um, every time and just try and do my own research um, on things and just get a, a bigger picture before I make a final decision on something. Um, and even then, um, you still have to kind of do what works for you. You can't, or for me, I, I will never, I, I don't like to uh, kind of force someone to follow a specific diet or you have to, these are the only nutrition things that you can eat or, yeah, I think in, in general, like I said, I will take bits and pieces of diets. Um, yeah, I, there's not really one specific diet that I that I will follow, or saying now I'm vegetarian, or I'm on the keto diet, or I'm doing intermittent fasting, or yeah, there's there's times in um in my journey where I will experiment with different things. I will try different things, and yeah, what what works for you works for you. Okay. Cool. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you is, um, I know and this topic has come up and on the last couple of people I've spoken to is the, is the influence of social media on, on the different kinds of industries. And I, and I know that it plays a huge role in the athletics industry as well. I know a lot of these guys and girls, it's more fashion show than what it is about but the training and the sport, and it's obviously to get sponsors and they're promoting products and all this kind of thing. So I think that how, is that difficult to deal with while you, while you're busy training and competing? I think that's, that's also something that's different for everyone. Um, again, I, I try to, to be that, that kind of social media person, but I struggle a lot. It's, uh, yeah, it's. I don't think it's really my personality, but it does have a lot of benefit if you can be on social media. Yeah, quite often, um, like you've mentioned, for sponsorships to yeah, just to to get publicity, um, to promote the sports as such. Um, so for me, I really try to do that. It's it's not that easy or um, every every time. I think. So often I will overthink things too much. My, the people, the close people, yeah, the people in my life that's closest to me, they will, yeah, often say that don't think too much, don't think too much. I'm like, well, that's my second name. I, I like to overthink things, um, especially when I have a lot of time. So, yeah, just to to give an idea when it comes to a post that I have to make on social media, or I think, or. I feel it's time to post something again, just to, yeah, to give publicity to sponsors. And my first struggle is, okay, what photo do I use? <laughs> um, the second one, okay, now I've selected a photo after maybe two hours going through all the photos. Um, what do I say? Okay. I want to say something catchy. I want to say something motivational. Okay. But don't keep it uh, or make it too long or, and then I'm like, Oh, this doesn't sound right. Then I have to like, let someone read my tenses. Is is the is the wording right? Is the and then at the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, I'll do it later. I, I don't feel like it is like draining or it takes a lot of energy or so. Often I I laugh at myself when it comes to the social media. Um, this it, it can be such a, a, a beneficial platform where you get information. Um, people motivate one another. Um, and I think that's what I choose to see in it. Apart from that, I struggle to do my own posts. I like to look at other people's posts and just get some motivation out of that, and um, yeah, get ideas um, from the nutrition side. There's people that I that I follow that's actually 
yeah, just to keep up to date with the, with the latest um, studies and, and things like that. So, yeah, and also just to, to share information um, with one another. So it's, it's, I think it's a very good platform. But at the same time, it can become so negative as well, where people just get so sucked into the, the social media world where they, they live for the likes. They, they live for, how, for the followers. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong. If you're an influencer, then, then by all means. But I've made peace with it. I'm not, I'm not going to be that person, and that's fine. I, I don't... If I have five likes, I have five likes. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, in my mind, maybe if I post more often, I, I will get more likes or more followers. People will actually, yeah. But at the end of the day, that's, for me, that's, yeah, it's, I don't think that's, that's going to be me. But um, I enjoy looking at it, sharing stuff every now and again. And so, yes, it is just to to come back to the actual question um i think it's it if you use it to your benefit um or if you it, it can be a, a platform that can be very positive and beneficial um i just think personally one should be careful to not get drawn into that um my worth is based on my likes and my followers so yeah because I, and also, I think a lot of times um, the people will be chasing sponsors. And I know that you are sponsored by Puma, um, but it's definitely not because you, you've got an Instagram following of 100,000 people, for instance. It's because you, you give results. And um, I think a lot of people only see Instagram and social media as that you can only get followers. Or you can only get a sponsor when you've got so many followers. Or you, or you show this ideal life, but it's nowhere near that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a double-edged sword that could either go very well or go very wrong for most people. Yes, definitely. And I think it can also be such a, um, a false kind of, how can I say, um, perception that people have about um, sponsorships as well. Um, they you see something on social media and, and especially amongst the, the athletes or the athletics world. And I'm sure it's other sports as well. We are so um, easy to judge and compare and we see someone, okay, but how can they get sponsored with only yes. so many followers or how can they be sponsored and how do they, why do they have so many followers if they're not even performing or, um, yeah, and I think there's so many things going on behind the scenes when it comes to sponsorships and social media and all those things. Um, like you said, I might be sponsored by Puma not because of my followers, but in my case, um, and I want to get extra brownie points, it's because I have a very great manager. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's also... Um, I mean, getting sponsors for athletes is actually a, a job. Um, you, we have agents and managers that's, that's running those things for us. And, and in my opinion, I'm, I'm just too grateful for, um, for the opportunity to have a sponsor. Um, so, yes, of course, I also have, have to, um, uh, yeah, to, to give my, my part back um, yes. to Puma and be a little bit more promotive <laughs> um, on social media. But yeah, I think I'm getting there. I'm, I'm trying. Um, but yeah, I think so, so, many, so often we can, we wonder why, why does one athlete has, have something that I don't. And that is kind of the negative side of social media that it can also bring to the table. So if you, as a sports um, athlete or you know, a, sports, a professional sports person, choose to continue to look into or, or just to see that that side of of um when you look at social media just to choose to see what everyone else has and yeah and you don't have that then i think then for me that will definitely impact 
your performance, your your mental state. Um, so I think if you, yeah, I don't know. I in life, I think like I've mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I did. I've had um, fairly great choices that I could have made over the years, but. Yeah, I think in life, I just, I'm just grateful for what I have. And if I can share that with someone, awesome. If, and, and I choose to, that's actually also a point that I want to, to make. Um, every day is a choice. So if you choose to actually be happy for someone with what they have in the sporting world or happy with their performance, I think it will just make you a happier athlete. Um, if you're always or constantly comparing and kind of beating yourself up because you're not performing and someone else is performing and there will always be challenges. There will always be setbacks, but in the same breath, there will Hello. be great things as well. Hello. 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 Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Uh, you're saying about beating yourself up and all that kind of things. Um, okay, now I've got a, I think we, we should start getting to the end, but I've got another question for you. And um, you said that you've got a great agent. Did anybody, did anybody give you any advice or help you to choose an agent? Because I know some of these kids, they might come from school, they're fantastic athletes, they might get noticed by a, a brand or a university or something like that. But how do, you, how do you find a good agent? Because I've heard some sports people complain about the agents that, that, that they've got, is that they either want too much money or they're taking too big cut or they're not doing enough for them. What is a good way to find a good agent for? Because I, I, I presume, when did, when did you realize that, shit, okay, right, I need an agent now? Yeah, that is also always a a very interesting topic to discuss. Um, I've been with my agent from 2012, but yeah, he approached me. Um, so I was fortunate. I don't actually up until today, I don't know why, but yeah, from there our journey started. So I've been now with him for eight years. It's um, Leroy Newton from Newton agency, but yeah, it's, it's like you, like you've mentioned now, yeah, athletes feel that managers, they don't do enough for them or they take all their money. And I will often ask younger athletes because they do ask for advice. Um, are you happy with your, with your manager? Um, yeah, yeah, and st yeah, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, what is enough? So you as an, as an athlete, um, what, what do you compare with, with getting or how do you compare with what you get as enough or not enough? Um, so I will, I've always actually wondered about that. Um, again, I, I don't know if I'm just being too naive about the, the topic, but you will always have differences with, with, anyone you you are working with in a, in a team your family there will always be things you you don't agree on but in my life I've learned it is how you disagree that makes the relationship grow or makes the relationship um, broken if I can say it like that so for me that's the same with managers um, over the years out of my experience I've also come to realize that it is definitely not an easy job to manage athletes um, because everyone, especially in an individual sport, it's me, me, me. So all that, all that they hear every day is I want, I want, I need um, from how many athletes do they manage? So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's different scenarios. They, and every athlete is um, treated in a different way based on um, not, not, I'm not saying as an individual or as a person um, treated differently, but 
based on their performance. So based on your performance, based on your event, based on your age, um, all those things, that is how you maybe get a contract, uh, sponsorship. Uh, um, yeah, there's, there's different, obviously not just shoe companies, but different sponsorships. So it also depends on sometimes a manager get a nice deal through through a friend for athletes and then from the outside someone else wonders but that athlete the athlete is not even performing how how can they get that so again back to what i've mentioned before it's for me i don't really like to compare and um feel i think that that just develops a, a grudge inside it makes you bitter if it, it you you lose focus on on your performance if you keep on continue to just look at what what can i get what yeah what can my manager do for me um and to be quite honest um i'm actually teasing him quite often that i've also the first year or three maybe i he might differ maybe say i'm still like that but i've also um i did not understand how the processes work and um when you're traveling on the circuit but where's my flight ticket where's that where's that um I'm standing here alone, no one to get me and, and you blame it all on the manager. Um, so yeah, I just, over the years, I've gained so much respect for, for that type of work. I'm not saying they don't make mistakes, but it's like, like anything in life. I don't, I don't believe that um, when someone makes a mistake, you should write them off or just move on, move on to the next one um the grass is not always greener on the other side and yeah i think if you can just um take what you have and see how that can work for you um with the resources you have with the people around you in life we will there will always be someone with more or with less or we, we don't have we are not in the same situation we have different things that we can use to um, yeah, just to for our benefit, and I think now in this Corona situation as well. I think back to the social media thing. It's so easy just to get caught up looking at everyone, what they are doing at home, the exercises, thinking, "Oh, I'm I'm behind. That country is out of lockdown. I they can already train on tracks. We are doing this. We are still inside." Um, so it's so easy to compare and. And I think that just brings unnecessary anxiety. So yeah, just kind of a take home message. Um, for me is I try and choose life every day that I wake up. I'm not saying I don't get irritated. I'm not saying I don't have setbacks or yeah, disappointments, but as long as I keep on um, choosing life, meaning that just try and see the positive in life, just try and see what you, can do to just to help people grow um see the positive in life then yeah then i think you will you will find the joy and the happiness in your own life as well yeah especially now it's it's difficult now a lot of people are, are very negative people want to get out businesses are suffering it's it's a it's a tough time and to stay positive now is is a challenging thing to do but we just that's all it's it's literally all we have it can't go worse it can only go better so yeah it's a uh, maybe it, uh, this this year is going to end very tough for everybody yes definitely i agree i think um what keeps me kind of going is i just try and focus on day by day what what can i do today to improve my situation or my training in my case, or um, just trying to bring someone else a little bit of hope. Um, so definitely, I think there's actually bigger and more challenging times um, coming. So this is just the start, but yeah, I think for me, um, I am a Christian, so my faith is quite, is, is, is big in my life and with with that i have hope so for me there's hope for tomorrow and yeah at the end of the day if we live or if we die i know 
where I'm, I'm heading and there's hope after life and for me. And yeah, I think um, that is, that is definitely the thing that, that keeps me going. Have you had any of your um, athlete friends um, pick up the virus or not yet that you know of? Not that I know of, no. No. Yeah, just, just curious about that because I know a lot of them are in Europe where it was quite bad or in the States. So just curious about that. Yeah, it will be, be interesting. I think obviously our cases, um, it's more every day in South Africa. And now with the... Um, moving to level four um, from tomorrow onwards, we actually, from our clubs and so forth, we've um, received messages saying that we should still be cautious. Don't go and yeah. run in groups and, yeah, training groups and, yeah, just look after your, still, you must still look after your health and be cautious when it comes to going outside and training. So, yeah, I think the, the team sports, will have to be more cautious um, once they start to to implement their training again. But, but it's, yeah. It's so weird. How's it going to be? How, how's, how's rugby going to be played? How's soccer going to be played? Is there going to be a lane open between you and the next athlete now going forward? What's going to... I don't think anybody knows. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it's it's a big question mark. I don't know. It, it will be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Wenda, I, I think um, we should start wrapping this up. Is there anything else you want to chat, you want to share with us that, that you feel like we should know at this stage? Or Nothing specific. Um, yeah, I just want to yeah, encourage whoever's listening out there to try and, and stay positive as far as possible. Um, I think especially in the in the sporting world um, where you are a public figure, um, people often turn to to sport sports people or athletes um, for advice and asking how they stay motivated and yeah, at the end of the day, we are all just human beings, and I think yeah just use use the the time you have, the resources you have to, um to your benefit, um, instead of yeah, instead of seeing the negative in the whole situation, um, I think for now we can just focus on day-to-day -day basis and just pray and hope we all get out of this stronger. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will. I'm pretty sure we will. Right. So, um, Wendy, I want to say thank you so much for coming to chat to me. It it it, it was definitely interesting. And um, yeah, hopefully you come by Vista again sometime soon and then yeah, we go take some photos. I want to thank you for the opportunity. And yes, I will definitely pop into my hometown, hopefully in the, in the future, um, sooner than later. I guess for now, I won't be allowed to travel. But yeah, once, once the, the gates are open, then, then we'll, we'll make a plan. Yeah. Wenda, thank you again, and uh, you guys must have a fantastic week. And we we we'll we'll watch you on Instagram with your with your daily training. It's interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Devald. I appreciate. Yeah, thank you. Have an awesome evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.